listening to 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, it's the 9to5 Entertainment System. A reminder, as always, if you enjoy 9ES, maybe you want to go to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe at any level $3 or more to get my bonus episode called 9ES Garbage Time. Each and every episode has a garbage time equivalent, which is another 30 to 40 minutes uh, where we sort of keep the recording going. And it's great. It's fun. Uh, it's more 9ES. So if you like what you hear, maybe subscribe. Patreon.com slash 9to5cc. This episode is the best episode ever because it's the one where Scott finally watches uh, Who's Your Caddy? But spoilers, it wasn't the worst movie he saw over the weekend. He watched a bunch more crappy movies. I don't know why. Uh, we talk about a couple of pandemic shows that have been going on with Foo Fighters, Run the Jewels. Uh, we talk about another bad movie called Skyscraper. We talk about another bad movie called Count Dracula starring Christopher Lee from 1972. Uh, we talk about The Boys Season 2. We talk about a couple of horror movies like Green Room, Pie Wacket, uh, Babysitter 1 and 2. And uh, John watched Starship Troopers, which is one of uh, Scott and John's favorite movies that they used to watch together. It's part one. Uh, enjoy the show. Entertainment system. I found a way to make pandemic talk uh, happy or at least exciting and related to pop culture. Go on. Uh, there was a mini music festival that went online. Uh, oh, yeah, twice, I guess. I guess one of them is pandemic related and one of them is more voting related. Uh, but there was a music festival that went on on Saturday, <clears throat> this coming Saturday, called uh, Save Our Stages. Which uh, featured a bunch of bands performing in like really small venues that are like at risk of closing, like like the Troubadour in LA and stuff like that. That the Foo Fighters playing, so it's like the bands were actually performing in these venues, but obviously nobody was there, and it was like a streaming thing, and it was uh-huh. pretty pretty cool. And it was a big uh, fundraiser situation because apparently they're saying so. As for the statistics of the um, of the fundraiser. They're like 90% of all small venues are currently in like financial danger and like conservatively 50% will close. Like, I mean, running a bar, you always knew ended, ends up being like a month to month thing. They have like a 90% failure rate over five years yeah. as a small business. Ugh, but, you know? especially if I, but I can't imagine like especially a venue that relies on bands because that's like sure. double gone <laughs> you know like it's not just like and you're, you're probably... also talking about the states right where they're getting hit way worse than we are yeah absolutely yeah. And, that, and that's what they're saying is they're like even like they're, and they're setting these... single day highs now right like right now really yeah. well i thought they were they're they're there were trying two, there were two states this week that hit single day highs yeah and they're and they're getting close to the mid-july peak again i don't think they've hit a national high yet but uh, that but yeah, November third. No, November uh, two weeks after November seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, the yeah the show it's the shows are really cool. Like uh, the Foo Fighters one did like uh, did an acoustic set. Uh, the Roots uh, the Roots are performing at the Apollo. Hmm. Like uh, and yeah, like and they, and that was I think the crazy part about it was like the places that they were all performing at were places like you've definitely heard of like the troubadour and like the apollo and you're like yeah these places are like totally empty totally empty and they're like we're not uh making any money um the other the other thing that i saw that was kind of pandemic related was um the the cast of wet's wet swing you know you know remember that show wet swing 
you guys. It's like the West Wing, but it's damper. <laughs> I, we could go another way with that. It could be like the West Wing, but like wet, hot American summer. So it's, I don't even know it's how to all twist that weird it. Political, the, all those weird political angles that they have with the guys in terrible masks, just doing very <laughs> poor impersonations of 80s politicians. Yeah, in the short shorts. Wing. Uh, yeah, the West Wing did a weird, like, cast staged read of uh, what's it, Hat- Hatfield's vote? Like, the um, one of the famous episodes. Hmm. Like, um, and I actually they- didn't watch it all. I kept seeing clips of it, and I, like, never took the time. You know, I just I wasn't in the right place. West Wing or the that thing that I'm West talking Wing. About? West yeah. Wing. I like the first couple seasons, but then it got a little. I guess repetitive. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just like, oh, there's a crisis. And then everybody kind of comes together and works it out. The Bradley, it's Bradley fiction. White Hart's fiction. Bradley, Bradley Whitford does, does an intro for the HBO thing. And it's like the best. Uh, he was just sort of, he's like, we went to the, like, we all vote like charity. And we said like, this is great work that you're doing. Uh, what, what can we do to help? And he's like, well, you're a cast of actors from a show from 20 years ago. So literally nothing. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, I don't know. Why don't you go and like make some made-up political drama where everything works out for no reason at the end of the at the end of an hour? So we didn't understand sarcasm, so we did that. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, and we get it. We might not be the people who should be telling you to vote or whatever else, but not like we, run the jewels. Well, run the jewels also told you you should vote. Sure Holy Callum of vote. The West Wing didn't it? even. The West Wing didn't even fix the map. All right, let's. Worry about <laughs> fixing everything else later. They tried uh, so hard; it didn't go anywhere. Did you watch the Run the Jewels show? Like, uh... I, I, maybe like ten minutes of it. I was in the middle of stuff. I, I really dug it. I'm, I'm sure I'll finish it at some point. Yeah, super fun. The yeah. Eric Andre uh, has his little interludes in the middle, like I just weird flipouts that he was just sort of like, he's like, if you don't vote, you're gonna die. Vote or die is real now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Eric Andre. Yeah. This weird little like singing bit where he's like, he's like, that's what America's all about with a bald eagle lying on Jesus's lap with an AK-47. <laughs> uh, good times. Yeah. Did you, did you hear about that? The the Run the Jewels thing, Scott? I was too busy watching Big Boy and something else. Oh. Is that? Is, is that our top story? Oh, God. <laughs> Our top story on this week's 9ES is Scott watched Who's Your Caddy? It oh! wasn't. <laughs> Can I tell you something? It wasn't even the worst movie I watched this weekend. Oh, gee, wow. <laughs> Wait, we fucking screwed this up, didn't we? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was awful. There was just, I watched something way worse yep. for no reason. Why? I thought it would be interesting. I watched uh, the... Christopher Lee Count Dracula Hammer film. Okay. It is. It is awful. Christopher Lee Count Dracula? I thought that was one of the classics. No, all his other stuff that is Dracula is like the blood of Dracula or all of that stuff is classic because it's campy and and ridiculous. The one he does Count Dracula that is a faithful retelling of Bram Stoker's book (laughs) is god awful. How no, how's it awful? How so? How is yeah. it? How is it that bad? Like I mean, I just like other than like bleh, I'm a vampire, bleh, and then like long boring shots. Lots of long boring shots that are cropped from the hairline to the bottom of the chin, staring directly into the camera for ten counts, 
Hmm. Without this is hypnotizing you. Yeah. But that also happens to Lucy when she's being hypnotized. She just stares at the camera and you hear a whispering Christopher Lee, Lucy, Lucy, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> Lucy. But like a long 10 count. And that happens three or four times. Huh. Um, he gets scared out of Lucy's room a couple of times and they have a rubber bat fly behind a frosted window. Like hung from a bouncy string, so it like jiggles real good. They don't even bounce the string. It just Amazing. Flies, so the wings don't even move as this bat <laughs> glides, which bats don't do. <laughs> in the frosted window. Um, it's like Ed Wood styles. Yeah. It's really like Ed Wood styles, but without the delight. It was like they, all of them are taking themselves super seriously with no ability to act, direct, write, or pace. What the year movie, is this? 1972. Oh, wow. It's brutally bad it is wow almost Debbie and i have been listening to phoebe reads uh dracula it's like phoebe judge okay just for kicks she's just reading it and i will admit it is a slow go you know they're they're not a fun book not really you know we and it's weird because we know all of the tropes because it's all been repeated to death and as the origin it like kind of does nothing clever with them because you know every all of its tricks mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna, i watched uh, what do you call it? The Haunting. Uh-huh. Uh, like mm-hmm. 1963's The Haunting. And I was like, it shocks me that that was like, you're referring to like a film in the 70s. Because yeah. I was I was shocked at how good the 1963 Haunting was. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, like all the all this stuff with like Bella Lugosi and Lon Chaney and stuff like that. The Mummy I watched not too long ago, the original mm-hmm. version. It was great. It filmed, looked like art house movie and was creepy. This movie was just trash, just trash. It looked like it looked like an early '80s BBC Doctor Who episode. And, so, Christopher Lee, does do they work? Like, because he can kind of do things, right? Like, how do they screw him up? Um. So one of the things that happens is when he meets, when he's introduced, he's got white hair and a white mustache, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be getting younger as the plot moves forward, but. They edit it weird. So like his hair goes from white to light gray to like salt and pepper back to light gray, back almost to black. And then it comes back and it's like salt and pepper again. And you're like, <laughs> just because they're like throwing in scenes from they filmed earlier, I guess, because they realized they ran out of time. Yeah. It's the, the, the blood is all like candy apple red. You know, it looks super fake. There's no violence. Like, when they go to kill the his brides, they will be hammering at a casket, but you don't see the body. And it's just the guys with the big hammers swinging at the stakes, trying to knock it through their, I guess, pillows. <laughs> and then they'll cut to a super close-up of the bride's faces with just like a little bit of candy apple red syrup pouring out of the corner of their mouth, staring deadly into the sky. For a five count, like one, two. I just realized like, this oh. is our Halloween. It is awful. <clears throat> wait, didn't they cancel Halloween? Yeah, but this. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> I mean, they canceled the trick or treating, but they no, didn't. They didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't remove All Hallows Eve. I mean, they're going to cancel it. <laughs> like, let's be. <laughs> they're just biting the bullet on that one. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, no, Who's Your Caddy was a real palate cleanser after Count Dracula. Jesus. I'm so disappointed, honestly. No, don't be. It was not no. great. 
It was okay. not. It's not a good movie. It was. Do you want to rent Frank had Bella Lugosi? Well, not Bella Lugosi. The Christopher Lee Dracula, or just, or just say it's skippable? No, trash. no. Let's put it on the list. We'll do it really fast. That's good. I like these classics getting on there. Makes it feel real authentic. <laughs> um, it's it's a bottom feeder. Uh, where's Jason like Bourne? Where's what? Jason, Jason Bourne. Bourne. <laughs> right to the Bourne. Worse than Jason Bourne. Worse than Jason. Jason Bourne, Bourne is, is at two o two. Yeah, it's ooh man. Yeah, they get pretty bad down there. Yeah, it's like it's better than cats. I'm going to put it was so bad. I'm going to put it directly under Jason Bourne because both of them commit the unforgivable crime of being achingly boring. Jason Bourne was at least made with a budget. And Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. I mean, so what is this? Yeah. It's it's Count Christopher Lee's and it's Count Dracula. Count Dracula. What's the year on this? You said 1970? 72. 72. 72. Jesus. So who's your caddy? Is that who's uh, your yeah. caddy? A true horror, but sadly not. I feel I have. Oh, by the way, uh, for the astute listener, I already have John's movie in mind. Even though I'm up next. <laughs> Sarah and I started watching a movie that sounded like it was going to be amazing. We watched five minutes of it and we were like, this is stupider and worse than possibly imaginable. And then we were like, we need to make John watch this. Vegeta. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, who's your caddy, Scott? Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Who's your caddy? What a schizophrenic movie. Okay. How many fart it- jokes? It it was a here's here's the good things about this movie, okay? Big boy. Big boy is okay in this movie, but his character, C note, has <laughs> has an odd amount of depth to him. He's he's got issues regarding his his father that make sense and aren't way over the top. He's he's got a reason for wanting to join this country club more than just to stick it to the man. And he kind of plays up his role as a rap superstar to kind of cover up these actual emotions his character has. So was there like an actual, it sounds like there was an actual attempt here. Like there was a script character's well, well, development. This, it, it was, yeah. this was produced by, was it called like art films or whatever? Like it's by a, a studio yeah. that, like a, like a black run studio that has done a lot of, reasonably good films and stuff like uh, our stories our <laughs> stories that's it um that was good um james avery comes in as a uh like a supporting character but without being the the wise old man to like show everyone the way he just, he plays like a normal human being character that's just kind of <laughs> supporting the the guys coming in on the country club yeah. um Jeffrey Jones. Sherry Shepard is actually pretty funny in it. She's um, the actress who plays uh, Tracy Jordan's wife on 30 Rock. Mm -hmm. And while she does have a couple of scenes that are almost unforgivable, like her character is a business manager who is savvy enough to like mix it up with the lawyers from this country club Mm -hmm. and is presented that way from start to finish until she goes to a party and gets drunk and, 
Um, Dance is really over the top with Terry Crews, like a super Mm. grinding scene. And that's the thing with this movie. Every now and then you're like, this isn't as bad as I think it is. And then Faison Love starts to fart or talk about his dick for five minutes. (laughs) And it's really jarring and and awful. (laughs) Andy Milanakis? Is exactly what you see in the trailer and not much more in the movie. He's mm-hmm. the white kid who starts off as the the suck up caddy who gets totally taken under the wing Wait, by all the caddy. Well, he's the son of the president of the country club. Yeah, but in the end, he's also caddy. Man, there's lots of caddies in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a real it's a real question. Who is your caddy? <laughs> who is your caddy today? And, so, so it seems like you're like this is an okay movie, but then just the dick and fart jokes like all over the place for no all reason. All over the place for no reason, and it's a movie about a rapper class who divide. plays it's class divide, but also Caddyshack and yeah. bad, <laughs> and it's kind of directed like a CW TV show from 2007 and a music video. And then at the very end, you know, there's that like that one sports movie moment where C-Note has to hit a golf shot. It's his moment and everything kind of slows down. And you're like, this is going to be really cheesy and awful, right? Like he's going to breathe. Everything's going to go in slow motion. But it cuts to like super eight footage of his father and him at like eight years old home movie style playing golf with plastic clubs in the backyard and it's kind of shaky handy cam stuff and you okay. know kind of like super saturated and and like you're going yeah, worn away with age and it and it works on an emotional level you're like <laughs> oh i like i get it he's he's not just trying to like sl- go in slow motion and hit the golf club he's got this emotional impact that makes sense and felt <laughs> real but like 2 minutes before Dick and fart jokes. The guy was farting at the country club shot to like distract him. And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, how did they go from A to B so fast? It was really weird. It was like watching like. Like It sounds almost like a Bollywood movie. Like those Bollywood movies have all those really jarring. They got everything. You know, where you're sort of like, like, you know, like sensitive romance angle. Then like slapstick comedy, like one second later. Yeah, it was like watching a 30 minute like drama filled out by a bunch of jackass skits was like really strange, mm. <laughs> not good. And, and a lot of wasted potential and a, a, a freaking polo match in the middle of it for no reason, just to fill out the, the play time. Is any of it funny. Like it seems that yeah. you're, the only way that it seems to have succeeded at was it's, it turned out to be oddly like, it made a couple like, of characters I, three-dimensional. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, was any of it funny? He's got to think, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's got to, it's like, was I, there I one? Mean, I watched it yesterday. It's very fresh <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> uh, like no. When you say jackass skits with a little bit of stuff in between, that's like Can't Kill Yourself, which was kind of okay. <laughs> yeah, it, none of it was funny. Okay. No. Yeah, there you like go. The, the funniest thing I could think of was when Faison Love and and a couple of the other boys are in the country club locker room, just just butt naked when everyone else is wearing like a smoking jacket, 
and some guy walks up next to him at the sinks to wash his hands and doesn't realize it. And he kind of looks over and Faison Love looks back at him and they have this awkward moment where they're both trying not to look down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty. And then they're like, no, it's a dick joke. And it goes into a huge, long, drawn out, unfunny dick joke. And I was like, damn it. Almost. <laughs> Almost. You had a moment of subtle humor and then just no. Oh, and there's two little people that are gangsters that are trying to kill Sino. That's all that's <laughs> that, that's that yeah. It's a bad movie. It's it was not fun to watch. I was really grasping for plot after watching Dracula. <laughs> you didn't say a word about Jeffrey Jones, who was the primary villain, if I recall the trailer. He was mildly racist, and that was enough for him to be the villain. Like I feel that he's also Cino, Cino comes <laughs> in and Cino comes in and is like, I want to join your club. He's like, I don't think you do because you don't belong here. We and hold then, ourselves to certain standards here. At yeah, the and you're like old school. And then down. he he buys the house next door and it owns part of the seventeenth hole from like the map of the property. Right. right. He's like, Oh, you can have it back if you let me join your club okay and then he talks to his lawyer and finds out there's a provisional thing that if in the first month of membership he breaks any rules they can throw him out so like he gets a private investigator to follow the gang around to try to see him to break rules also it was like they had seen a bunch of other funny movies and were were like they had asked their boring friends to describe what was funny about Caddyshack <laughs> to them <laughs> Oh yeah, you know it's great. They they like got drunk and fell down. It was, it's so funny. And the best like, part okay, of Caddyshack is when there was a poop in the pool. <laughs> right, that was the best part of it. Guys, you remember you remember that there's a poop in the pool, but it, it was like it was. Uh, anyways, it was really funny, and they're like, okay, put that in the script. Exactly, poop. Word for got word. it. <laughs> that poop in the in the pool gag was part of the early part of Caddyshack, where they were still trying to make a movie about caddies and didn't realize that the whole point of the movie became putting Chevy Chase and Bill Murray in right. the same room. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it really changes over the course of the film. <laughs> even <laughs> even Rodney Dangerfield, right? Yeah. He just goes in there and stirs stirs up shit. Yeah. Yeah. The, no. movie, the movie is supposed to be about caddies. And in the end it is not. <laughs> Two golfers and a groundskeeper is yeah. actually what the film is about. <laughs> The caddies, like, and he's, yeah, like those first opening scenes, like those young, like the, the caddies are around. They're, they're like, characters, oh. not at the end. <laughs> just stop happening. Do you do drugs, son? Every day. Good man. <laughs> Good man. <laughs> yeah, it was just weird. I mean, I guess it was interesting because the the guys that came in as like the rap star posse were actually people. I mean, I assume like, there that was, was nice. <laughs> What? I did not hear you, Keith. What did you say? I said because I mean, like they, they. I feel that like there was like a like big boy, like was like this is going to be my movie, right? Sure. This is like his only major acting film. Yeah, man. Imagine having to show that to Andre. Yeah. Be like, yo, Andre, I'm an artist too. Look at me, I acting. I'm like, oh, <laughs> man. oh no, damn it. <laughs> And was like sticking a rap, sticking a rap. <laughs> Andre's like, I'm just gonna post this on YouTube. I dare you to take it down. <laughs> imagine, imagine that's why it's free on YouTube. <laughs> this is just Andre three thousand. 
being a huge asshole to his friend. Yeah, exactly. Every time oh. they, they send the cease and desist, he just pays the fine. <laughs> <laughs> Big boy's like, damn it, Andre. <laughs> just take it down. Stop paying the fine. Yeah. With with a, a laser scalpel, you can make this into a 20-minute, very good short film about mm-hmm. racism and, and privilege and how, you know, being rich doesn't put you in a position of privilege necessarily when you're still dealing with issues of skin color. Mm-hmm. But the problem is it's not 20 minutes long. It's, you know, an hour and a half. And that the rest of that stuff is just bleh. This all sounds miserable, but I don't think that it sounds like Leonard Part 6 miserable. It is not Leonard Part 6 miserable. If I had to watch it again or, like, compared to United Passions or – That was bad. bad. What was the other one, the Dan Aykroyd one? No. Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. I'd choose this before those two. Yeah. Like, there was some stuff there. Not great, just bleh. Why is nothing but trouble not on the list? should be. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like we... Yeah. Looks like Scott has to watch it again. <laughs> uh, no. I think we had this issue. I think I found which episode. We need, you'll have to, I guess, maybe mine the episode. Yeah, I will. Like, I was looking. I was like, okay, for nothing but trouble. Yeah, that's uh, a good catch. I want to get that I'm, one back I'm on. I'm looking around the one... Because the love guru, love guru, the quote for the love guru says, shades of nothing but trouble. <laughs> nothing but trouble itself is not on the list. You know, I've been trying really hard to make the quotes never refer to other movies. I feel like it, it like becomes this like self-referential looping nonsense that doesn't make sense unless you're listening to it all. Mm-hmm. That's bad. Uh, yeah. So I'm looking at like 180 on the list mm-hmm. around there. So that's, that's was a fairly successful movie, all things considered, you know, for a movie where they eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like Mac and me was not. <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, Dark Phoenix was, ah, oh, man. Dark Phoenix was oddly comparable. <laughs> About 20 minutes of good movie. <laughs> Surrounded by upsetting Drek. Mm. X-Men Apocalypse? Ah, man, I'd probably watch that before this again. Oh, man, you you say Don't that, you. but if you go back and you watch 10 minutes of X-Men Apocalypse, you'll remember how miserable. Yeah, again, like I was really putting a good shine on this movie. It's, it is not very good. Right. right, right. It, it is not very well directed or shot or edited. I think Gotham by Gaslight is the floor. Maybe just. Yeah, I think I right that, there. I, 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 no offense, it might be. It might be there, right? Because, like, Return to Newcom High at least like revels in the dick and fart jokes to such a point yeah. that like it starts to succeed. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I think right there, right between Fantastic Beasts and Gotham by Gaslight. Mm-hmm. Right Another on. perfect ranking. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, no, that's perfect. Again, that's a bad movie. I, it was not. It was not good. It was not a fun time to watch it. Again, a, a stupid comedy that should be at least a romp it was not. Not funny. And Terry Crews, who is funny, is wasted. He is not funny in this movie. Ouch. That, that's the worst. Oh. Like, when you just really want someone to be, like, good and funny. Yep. 
And then they're not. Uh, good job, Scott. I'm I'm glad that you watched it in these troubling times. I watched <laughs> it. I watched it in one sitting too. I mean, yeah. I think you said at one point you watched three terrible movies this weekend. Is there another one? Oh yeah, a brand new or not brand new, but a new new movie. Mm-hmm. I watched Skyscraper, starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's the one where it's like about fire. The skyscraper's falling down. He has to save people. Yep. There's a fire on the 96th floor of a 200-story building. Uh-huh. Does he punch that mean old fire? Oh, God. He he climbs up a crane. Okay. His character loses a leg in the first scene of the movie. And okay. Has a, prost- has a prosthetic leg for the rest of it. Lieutenant Dan. Yep. Uh-huh. And then it proceeds to poorly rip off Die Hard for a very long time. We walked around barefoot on a prosthetic yeah. leg. The terrorists um, set a fire in the... Yeah, barefoot. <laughs> that doesn't work. <laughs> no. The, the terrorists set the building on fire in the middle of the building to force all of the civilians out because they're all in the, in the bottom floors. Did the, the steel they, beams melt? Oh, God. <laughs> So they, they set a mag they set a magnesium fire to like set the whole floor on fire because they know that the, the fire suppression systems won't stop that fire. Right. But then the security protocols lock in, so they seal off this floor and they're just like, Well, I guess we're gonna lose all the gyp rock and boom boom boom. So the terrorists hack into the system to open the air vents to add more oxygen. Mm-hmm. And then all of the floors above it, which are not completed their steel and glass and concrete begin to catch on fire in a raging inferno that starts to race up the building. And yeah, there's some cool rock action moments and there's some, you know, fights and dramatic scenes, but things that don't burn are burning in this movie (laughs) all the time. In the end, they end up in this giant modern holodeck where everything Wait, is made a of glass. Holodeck. Yeah, it's like a. Is this, a, is this of, in the future? The near future, like Minority Report two. No, like not even like twenty twenty two, where HD TVs are seamless. So, like they build it, and they've got like little cameras that hide behind the glass on the TV, so it can, even okay. though you're inside the room, it makes it look like you're outside the room at the top of the building. Hmm. Okay, but it's. It's that. It's a bunch of TVs on walls, and the fire starts to burn. So wait, is the bad guy the fire? Oh, no, the bad guy <clears> is the terrorists. <laughs> yeah, the bad guy is a... <laughs> they trick the fire with the holodeck. Oh, <laughs> the fire's like, I'll burn this way. They're like, ha-ha, you fool. It's a TV. <laughs> gotcha like, now. The room, the room doesn't fill with smoke. The room doesn't fill, you know, with noxious fumes or invisible it's gases. It fills, it fills with yellow flames shooting up all over the place as they're shooting through these TV screens that do kind of a game of death illusion, mirror illusion. Okay. Like, I'm going to shoot you. I'm actually behind you. Uh, but it's all like glass and steel. Like there's nothing there that should be burning. <laughs> <laughs> and even at one point they're lying on the plain steel or glass floor and there's like these piles of flames all over the place. And it's like, all I could do is scream at the TV. Like, there's none of those things burn. What, what the fuck is going so, on? Hold on, hold on. They, they, so they, it's like CG fire on 
a glass floor and you're, yeah. you're meant to understand that the glass is now igniting in flames. Yeah. Huh. And it's like lighting everything around them. And they're just like, oh, no, we're stuck up here. The fire is going to catch us. How do we get out of here? I'm like, you're in a in a big room. Like, there's no wood or carpeting or paper or anything there. Like, what is burning yellow? What the fuck is going on? It was so jarring. And because it was such a part of the plot, I couldn't help but focus on it. Even though they're like, oh, he's supposed to be saving his kid, and oh, he's punching that bad guy. It didn't he's matter. Saving everybody from fire, and the fire itself is absurd. So like, yeah. kind of, you're just like, you're like, what is he saving them from? You know, how about the how about the performance? I feel like Dwayne usually gives it his all. You know, even when these things are shitty, he he's he's like fun to watch do his thing. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's fast and furious level Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, giving his character a prosthetic leg was interesting. He's kind of got to deal with that as as he's moving around this building, and I'm like, okay, that's that's cool, that's unique. You don't see that too too much. Oh, like I mean, at one point, he does a stunt, and it gets all dented up, like the ankle stops working properly. So he's kind of got to spend some time hammering it back into position after walking duck footed for a little bit. That's how but it, but it's it's really just a bad version of Die Hard. Like, it's it's Die Hard with The Rock. I read somewhere that yeah. The Rock's like action movie star basically ended that year. That he had been one of the most bankable, if not the most bankable actor in Hollywood for a couple of years. And then he did a bunch of action movies that just kind of flopped. And everybody was like, but it had The Rock in it. What could go wrong? And and this was what the like main part of the article was that yeah. his thing just was a disaster. Skyscraper and San Andreas. Yeah. Back to yeah. back. And yeah, no, it's it's a shitty movie. I don't recommend it. Yeah, but I think they needed Jumanji's, and the Jumanji's did well. I don't, I don't think yeah. it did. Yeah, the Jumanji's did fine. They made two of them. They made money. Hobbs and Shaw was last year, and that was right back to the. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe that's maybe that's the deal, right? Like he can't solo hold the film up. He just like as he, an action star, as a comedian action star, he can. But oh, yeah. like on his He's own, being a serious. Hmm. And that, then, he, then he can shine. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to rank Skyscraper? Yeah, we can do that quick. Yeah. X-Men Apocalypse? <laughs> uh, sounds like a bad weekend, Scott. You know? I know, I know. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> to be fair, it sounds like we made him watch like the best movie of the three. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one's going to go up a little bit. I'm looking at like Power Rangers 160. I'm saying it was better than... We need to fix it that. It was better than Phantom Mesh? 174 is not Zack Snyder's Justice League anymore. It's, it's it's another Justice League. Zack Snyder's Justice League did not come out in 2017. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that would exactly. involve actually watching the new one. Not maybe out, yeah. maybe no. scroll down a little bit. Baywatch was better than this movie. The Descendants? Mm. <laughs> come on, The Mummy? Whoa, oh, that, that was yeah. so bad. The Mummy was so bad. Stranger and Tides. Another Wolf Cop? Another Wolf Cop was more fun. Under Another Wolf Cop above Pink Flamingos. It's oh, pretty low. Yeah. But it was above the other one. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that saved me this week was I watched a great movie that we're not going to rank, but you guys and everyone who's listening should watch uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow. I saw that advertised. Was it good? It was amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was It was so good, and it's it's a... Horror. It's a werewolf movie 
if a werewolf movie was made by the people who really like Fargo. Cool. Like a Coen Brothers werewolf movie. That's the, the, hell, that's the way I can pitch it. That's a good I pitch. It. I loved it. You guys watch it. And we'll rank it next time. I will try to remember to watch it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Scott, while you were watching uh, terrible things, I finished watching season two of The Boys. Uh, yeah. How was that? It was great. It was super fun. Have you watched it, uh, John? John? Nope. It's a uh... Scott. You really should. You should, of all people, watch season one and season two of The Boys. Just because it, I think it plays much better at to what the boys, like the concept of the boys was in the comics that then Garth Ennis kind of ruined his own concept by being Garth Ennis, <laughs> which is a thing that Garth Ennis can do. I, I should really read the boys and I should watch the boys because I like Derek Robertson and I like Carl Urban. And I like Carl Urban's Urban. fucking great. Yep. Carl is great in it. The guy who plays Homelander is he so, is so good. Yeah. It's season two. He, it delivers even more of his just weird grossness. I can do anything. <laughs> Dude, there's there's a scene where he's just standing on the on like a I guess it's at the top of a building, but maybe it's like the top of a cliff or whatever, overlooking the city, just just saying I could do anything I want, just with his pants down, just jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> It's so convincing. I did recommend that it was not the Garth Ennis the Boys, and I just described like the most Garth Ennis the Boys moment probably <laughs> of the show. But yeah, but they make uh, butchers butchers more endearing because they give him they give every character motivation, which yeah. is lacking in the comic. Like in the comics, you're just like, man, screw superheroes, we want to kill them because they're like a bunch of deviants. But like. Someone was like talking about this on on Reddit or whatever else, which was like the comic kind of fails because of how much like superheroes the boys kind of end up being. Right? They're like the boy, like they're like the superheroes are so bad they just do whatever we want and nobody checks them and they're just like a bunch of deviants. And then you're like, but that's kind of what the boys also end up being in the comics. Is it possible that's the message? It would be if it was any other writer other than. Ennis, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's it's the, the nuance isn't really there in the comic. Like you're supposed to think that these are the coolest antiheroes you've ever seen, who are the good guys and whatever else, who would just end up being juvenile and stuff like that. So, but the show kind of takes care of that because a the boys don't actually have superpowers outside of uh, the female, um, and then it also goes in and like establishes all of the characters' backstories, which the show doesn't really. Uh, which the comic really doesn't bother with, right? Like the comic just sort of like maybe tells us how they joined up with the boys, but not actually like their motivations and who these people are and who the characters are. Uh, and yeah, the season two just keeps expanding on everything that season one laid out. So you get to learn more about uh, Butcher with uh, like it, um, his, what happens to his wife and so on and so forth. It introduces Aya Cash as Stormfront, who is just like deplorable. Like, it, and they all, they do a really good thing of, uh, I mean, we all know the spoiler, right? That, that she's white power. She's a white power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. White, white power neo-Nazi. Yeah. Um, but they do it. They play it smart in the fact that the first like three or four episodes, she's just like a sassy, like girl who like doesn't take voice shit and like is like mouthing off to Stormfront and everyone's like, she's the best. And even like Starlight's like, she's so cool or whatever else. And like. 
and it was great to watch it with Sarah because like when the when the shoe drops, like like Sarah was like, oh, I love her and like whatever. I was like, hee. <laughs> How does the name not give it away? Do people not know? People not right? know. Wow. Well, I mean, t- to be fair, if I didn't like go to the internet, I'm on the internet and whatever, and like just go into weird like trolling things. Like, why would I know what the White Power website is? You know, like well, you know neighborhoods, you know, in town, sure what they're about, even if you don't go there, you know? It's just it's part of the landscape of the internet. Yeah. I mean, also in twenty twenty, that you don't have to like go to the trolley internet. That's kind of on the news. Yeah. Because the president hangs out with them. <laughs> and, um I would recommend it though. Boy season two, like uh John especially since you Season like, one was amazing. i yeah. Season two is it's just it's it's good. It expands on everything. Oh my god! They introduce like a weird kind of like Scientology group, mm-hmm. also, just the best. And just inexplicably, they always drink Fresca. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, like, like literally, like pull it out of their bags. Like, do you want a Fresca? Just like all the time. And it was like, it's so weird because Sarah and I are like, it's such, it's like such obvious product placement, but associated with like the like Scientology group. So it's almost like anti product placement. And like, they're like, multiple people are like, no, that shit's disgusting. Like, I was like, there's such like repeated use of Fresca. I was like, how did Fresca sign off on this? That's it's like amazing. The, the official drink of the like Scientology church proxy in the show, and multiple of like the good characters are like, that shit's disgusting. I was like, that's the product placement that Fresca paid for to be like a recurring product in the entire show. Maybe, maybe that w- it's like a Streisand offer. You pay half price, but your name, you know, you just get your name mentioned a whole lot. <laughs> I, I mean, or it's just, I guess the hip to make fun of yourself kind of thing. I I don't know about you guys, but Keith said Fresca four times there and I'm thirsty for it. (laughs) Just like one of the shittiest sodas. Like just is it though? I thought, I think it's super popular in Europe, right? I I like Fresca. It's a thing that comes in and out of our house every now and then. Yeah. I know. Like I don't like, if I want like a lemony drink, I will take like Sprite Sprite a million times. No, no. Sprite is awful. What? Get out of town. Sprite oh, no. tastes like like Mr. Clean with a lot of sugar. And ter- See, I find out of Fresca. Fresca tastes like a window washing fluid to me. Like it has that weird like like tangy like taste like Lysol kind of. It tastes no, it, no. it tastes the way Lysol smells. <laughs> Sprite tastes like how I would imagine someone poisoning me tastes. Like, oh, look how sweet and syrupy it is. What's that? Okay, this from the guy who brought salsa gum into the club. Yeah. It was awful. I bought some vegan jerky the other day. Mm. Archer and Marissa both spat it out instantly. And I managed to (laughs) choke down one piece before going, no, no, this is bad. (laughs) I was... I was going to also, one thing that I put in my back pocket to mention, and I'm happy that you mentioned Archer, because Scott, did you feel very vindicated uh, at your son's appraisal of the importance of your job? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Archer uh, had to stay home last week, and he had a bit of a cold. And Marissa was like, okay, you're going to stay home, and I'm going to stay home with you. You're not going to school today. Uh, or no, daddy's going to stay home with you today. I was able to take the day off fast. And she was, he looked at her and was like, oh, I thought you would be the one who's going to stay home with me. And she's just like, why? Because daddy's job is more important. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. is he 
is can it can I say this? Is he wrong? Well, <laughs> here here's the, the breakdown for it. Like during the first wave, when everything shut down, including schools and beauty salons, um, I had to explain to him why I still had to go to work every day. Yeah, and part of that was like, well, you know, working at the hospital. There's during a time when people are getting sick, it's important, and I can't stay home even though I kind of want to. Mm-hmm. And that logged in his head as the most important job. I mean, it's probably the most important job of like our friends. <laughs> like, you work you in a hospital. That. You're allowed to say that. It's fucking important. You're keeping people alive in the middle of a pandemic. You're literally processing test results when like testing is like one of our main weapons Products against the too. pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, but no one's protesting to keep the hospitals open. They, they're doing it for hair salons. I need my hair. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, People my are hair protesting is... to keep salons open? Yeah. Wow, wow, did wow. You not, did you not see any of those American news stories? I was in the woods. I'm, been, deer. I'm, talking, I'm talking like April to, to September. There's you know, with the election on the way, I'm really aggressively not looking at news, and it's it's doing me good. My my body, my choice. I, I need my hair, my stylist. <laughs> There's stuff like that, man. Uh, speaking, <sighs> so about... Stur- hang on, hang on. Sturgis came back as now a super spreader. It's all been confirmed. Thanks, Stur- Smash Mouth. The motorcycle rally. Oh yeah. What's this? The, the yeah, the big motorcycle rally that Smash Mouth played at. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> There's hundreds of cases now that have all been linked back to people who went to Sturgis. Where was it? The Midwest. Okay. Uh, It's like the big people with... It's the largest motorcycle rally on the planet. It's like 50-year-olds with their $20,000 motorcycles and trying to stretch themselves into those leather pants they bought 15 years ago and then Smash Mouth played. Amazing. The most, the most depressing super spreader thing in the world. <laughs> they were making fun of Buck Soup, on Buck Soup. So the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, oh. and I think we can all agree that the worst place in the whole world for a team to win a championship is a team based out of Florida, because that means their championship celebration will take place in Florida. And like they started off with a like, oh, isn't it cute? Uh, and did the parade via boat with like the the everybody on their own boat and stuff. Which, I mean, immediately, I guess, like, alarm bells were sort of ringing because you saw all the boats were crowded. But I was like, at least that's on the owners of the boats. There's a limit there, yeah. yeah, Not necessarily the team necessarily endorsed that. They said, we're going to do our parade down a waterway this year to social distance. But then there was also the last, like, half mile of the parade was on the street that everybody was crowded in. And then they just went into the arena and everybody crowded in. And they were stadium, all high- football stadium. stadium. Football stadium, yeah. And then they were all high-fiving and, and just drinking the, out of the cup with their fans and everything. Crowd-diving. But then they were, like, so in Puck Soup, they were, making, they were like, oh, yeah, and, like, you know, potential super spreader event, whatever. And then Ryan Lambert is just like, but we'll never know because they don't contract space in Florida. And then Sean McAdoo's like, what, really? And Ryan's what? like, yeah, look it up. And they don't. <laughs> They're just like, I guess you got it. That's too bad. And I was like, that's the most terrible. <laughs> like, we'll never actually know if it was a super spreader event. Just I was like, the worst. Yeah, like they, they don't, I mean, like, I guess they probably say like, contact people that you've been in contact with or whatever, but there's no like active contact tracing the way that they do in a lot of other states where they're like... <clears throat> 
Population of Florida, guys, 22 million. Easy peasy. Um, so talking in, about in related uh, news, uh, the Houston Astros lost in their playoff bid. Uh, mm-hmm. They were had one team to beat to go to the World Series. Get what team it was? The Devil Rays. Where did no. they play? Tampa. No, Looks like Tampa's World going to the World Series. <laughs> Do it all over again. Florida, baby. It's 2020's your year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I was going to talk about neo-Nazis again. That's what I was going to do. I had the whole tie-in for the boys. Yeah. Hey, Cash, do it. Um, I watched the boys, a movie called... The Boys Stormfront. Steven Stamkos, Nazis. <laughs> Lightning. Uh, Stormfront, Lightning, you know, it's right it there. It checks out. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched it's a movie called about... The Green Room. Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah. Punk, the punk rock bands? Yeah. Punk rock band with the, with the entire cast of the punk rock band that you would recognize. Um, sadly, with... Uh, what's his name? The guy that died... Don't want to forget his name. Anton Anton Yelchin is, hmm. well, I guess, one of the one of the stars hmm. uh, of the film, and he was the guy that got run over. But yeah, so it's a like a punk band called the Ain't Rights, uh, who end up booking this weird, sketchy show, and it turns out to be at, like a neo-Nazi skinhead bar. And when they're trying to like get paid, just leave, they're like, "We're just going to play the gig, get the money, get out." They head back into the green room because like one of them forgets their phone or something, and then they they see the skinheads like straight up murder a girl and then like shit goes south they lock themselves in the green room with one of them and they're and they have a gun and then the neo-nazis are like how do we get these guys out slash kill them slash get rid of them slash make them disappear while they're like locked in the uh in the green room um the entire cast is like a plus uh alia shocket joe cole callum turner emojin poots anton yelchin and then starring as the main villain, so the main Nazi, Patrick Stewart. Right on. <laughs> Which is just unsettling <laughs> like, and creepy. And just having Patrick Stewart be like, make this clean, red laces only. And just like, <laughs> you're like, ah! You're like, you're, like Don't, you're so scary. Uh, yeah, super intense. Like, um, really, also like does not screw around like like one of the like you don't really know even who the heroes are i mean like you know the the punk band is the heroes but like you don't know who the who the survivors are going to be like the way it's sort of like set up and like like one of them is like like makes a break for it and then like skinheads like grab him drop him and just stab him repeatedly in the face and chest and he's dead and he's gone and you're like whoa that character's over <laughs> you know like and and that happens several times so it's like the the not a lot of people get out and it's a lot of really like really grisly really violent uh and just like everything is just terrible that happens like it's like every time that there's like a a a, a sliver of hope in the, that the film presents like the door like slams shut and it escalates and the nazis are like have more control this sounds like, great none of this at all is done comedy like it's all done super super horror yeah, 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 yeah. super yeah. super super straight like there, yeah. there's no jokes there's, so there's so one... it's like it is like who's your caddy <laughs> <laughs> there's like a little bit of like dark comedy hey that's racist jeez wait no we're talking about a movie now <laughs> like like there, there's a lot of like 
like there's a couple things of like like just gruesome things that happen and then just like there'll be like kind of a like an off color or like macabre joke but it plays more like the some like something that you might actually say to try to lighten the mood <laughs> you know like like it it doesn't come off like this is a joke to make you the viewer laugh it's just kind of a yeah stress we're, reaction yeah exactly a stress reaction so like there are there are some like a couple of jokes in it but it's not not a funny movie at all. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I watched uh, a bunch of, um, what do you call it, uh, horror movies. I said The Haunting and said The Green Room. I'd really, really, really recommend The Green Room. Uh, what service really was it on? Uh, the internet. Right. <laughs> it's, it's on a few streaming services. Mm-hmm. Shutter, maybe? It might, even, might even be Netflix. Hmm. I don't think it's on Shutter. It's been a while since I logged in. Might be Netflix. It might be Prime. Yeah, but like it, it's like one of the things that is great about it is like it, it starts in that where you're like everybody's alive, and they have one of the Nazis in the room with them, and they have a gun, and you're like, okay, they're feels they're gonna okay. Be, <laughs> it feels okay. Yeah, exactly. And it just like it just dissolves from that already like shitty situation. It just gets worse and worse and worse for them because like they're not. It does a really good job of like at no point in time do the characters really like. I, not at no point in time, but like it's like those like nobody transforms into an action hero, and in those and in those moments where they do, it goes real bad. <laughs> you know, like when someone's like, "I got this, I could do this," you're like, "Oh no, this mm-hmm. you can't." Some a dude in a band. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I, it's on Prime. Right. It's on Prime. Uh, yeah, I don't know if, if you guys want to watch it, we can we can come back to it, but uh, or we can rank it because you're selling it good, and it sounds like I have enough of a reason to buy a month of uh, Amazon Prime, so I might actually uh, check it out. Okay, we can we can come back to it. I, I'd, yeah. I'd like to talk about it more. Uh, the other one I watched. We have we have another show before Halloween, or oh, this is our Halloween episode. Oh, it's coming out right after. Yeah, we have a post Halloween. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. it could be the, uh, the second Halloween episode. <laughs> Uh, the other movie I watched was Pie Wacket. Polly Wacket. No, Pie Wacket. Pie <laughs> so Wacket. Like Sarah was like, Sarah was like, Pie Wacket. It's like P-Y-E-W-A-C-K-E-T. Uh, and it just Sarah's like, Polly Pocket. <laughs> just, I'm like, nope, Pie Wacket. She's like, Polly Pocket. Got it. I'm like, nope, damn it. Uh, and Pie Wacket was also real good. Uh, Canadian film uh, where like a, it's a, a teenage girl whose father passed away and then she turned to gothy witch stuff and then puts a, uh, like a, her mom is, she's like, I hate you mom. And then like puts a curse on her mom, but it plays it all like real straight, like, mm. like really, really, really straight, really intense also does. And, and does the, the correct thing, which is to, is this her going crazy or is this a demon making her like, cause like she does a, a, a demon summoning ritual to curse her mom. Right. And the film plays it pretty much pretty much straight down the line as to like, is this a girl like cracking up with guilt and stress and potentially hallucinating or is there actually something supernatural? And like, I mean, many spoilers. It doesn't it doesn't veer one way or the other. Like you could you watch the entire film and the the end comes and it's like the ending is like horrific and shocking. And you're still not sure if, you know it was just her being a psycho or there was actually like something supernatural at play, like uh, really effective and like, and just simple, like cast of like five people 
uh, like two sets. Like basically, there's like a couple couple scenes in the school, but then it's basically just the house in the woods behind the house, and that's that's pretty much it. I also liked that Pyrax was real good too. Good A plus horror stuff. Uh, I also watched both Babysitter movies. Babysitter, yeah, they're good. They're real good. You should, yeah. If you like, um, they operate in. Say if you like, dial down the cleverness of Cabin in the Woods. Okay. If you were just like still like shooting right to the top of meta horror, you know, right, and and that's it. Is it's like it's a a kid whose babysitter it's like uh, actually the member of like a blood cult, and they need like the blood of the sacrifice and the blood of the innocent, and he's the innocent. And there's like the proviso that like the blood must be taken like while he's alive, so they can't kill him. (laughs) It's like to then take his blood, Uh, but it's all just like. It reminds me a lot of, did you guys, what was that show, Popular? Do you, you guys ever see the show Popular? Nope. A little bit like Mean Girls, I guess, also. Like, you know how, like, the dialogue in Mean Girls is so much, like, sharper and cleverer than it should be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, all the teenagers talk like that. And and it's just, like, real rapid-fire kind of, like, Joss Whedon-ness, almost. Like, like again, not quite as clever. Like, it's, like, it's below. But they all have that, like... Like, there's, like, one character who's, like, the, the jock who just, like, never has a shirt on. And people repeatedly point it out. They're like, and why isn't he wearing a shirt? He's like, because I don't want to. You know? <laughs> like, just, like, all the time. Uh, and it's great because, like, then in the sequel, the the characters all come back, <laughs> even though they all died in the first one. <laughs> because it's, like, because of the blood ritual, they can come back for 24 hours to try to, like, repeat the ritual. <laughs> so it happens. Which is amazing because it's the entire, like, it takes place two years later, and it's the entire cast is back. Like, literally everybody from the first one, which I, I've almost never seen in a horror movie, where you shoot the sequel, and it's, like, the entire... Even, like, the like the minor characters are all back. Right. And that guy comes back as, as now, like, a, a haunting ghost thing. Still no shirt. And they're like, why is he still not wearing a shirt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, re- like, really... The first one's better than the second one, but both of them kind of, like, stand up on that, like, just meta, like, horror movie rules of just, like, all the characters are kind of, like, in on it, like, sort of vibe. Uh, I guess I I wouldn't put it, obviously, anywhere near Cabin in the Woods, but it's still, like, that Idle Hands. Idle Hands is also a really good... When did these guys date to? Uh, Babysitter 2 came out this year, and uh, Babysitter 1 came out, I guess, 2017. Hmm. So uh, yeah, I yeah they're both they're both really fun. And the main girl, the 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 titular babysitter, is the girl from Ready or Not. Okay, she was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's good in this too. The she had like is, a, she had an A one scream, yeah, like horror movie scream in Ready or Not. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, this movie, these both these movies are on Netflix, and they're both uh, they're both really. Like much funnier than I was expecting. Like we were just expecting like kind of like a schlocky teen horror mm-hmm. thing, and it's just the some of it sticks, some of it does. It also does like that a lot of kind of music video esque. Like when someone's like the jock goes like like freeze zoom. <laughs> you can complain around. about it, but the faculty did it, and the faculty was a goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> I don't know if it was Dude, a masterpiece. Very of, good of horror. It was like yeah. yeah. 
Of like meta self-aware horror, there's like very few ones that that are like way at the top, and that I, I, that's close to Cabin in the Woods for me. Oh, I would say below that. Below, but, but Scream, Scream, Scream. Yeah, it's up there, up there with Scream. Yeah, this this movie operates like a, a very on a similar vibe to Idle Hands, uh, Scream kind of thing, like mm-hmm. funnier than Scream. And one and the other thing too is it does not mess around with uh, like the kills, like. There, it's if someone explodes, they like explode everywhere, which is like almost like bold because like you, this could easily have been like a PG movie, like where it's just for laughs and anybody could watch it. But they're like, no, it's also going to be like incredibly gory, huh. like just to, to lean into the gore of it. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like the go- like I mean, I would say like shocking amounts of gore, but like that's not true at least to me. But like if you were just watching what you believe to be like a horror comedy, you'd be like surprised that how gory it gets. Like if someone gets like stabbed through the eye, they'll, you'll see the whole thing, like go in out the back brains, out the back splatter all over the place. And the guy like stumble around with the thing out his face. And you're like, Marley. that, that lingered. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> like you could have like cut away and it would have just been as effective to tell your little comedy story. But whoever the dude, uh, Mick G is the guy who directed it. Oh, As wow. He, really? Mick G? What else has he done? He did Charlie's Angels, Charlie's Angels and yeah. the, the Italian Job. Maybe. I recommend both of them. I mean, yeah. I don't necessarily need to, to rank either of them, but if you, especially if you're looking for the Halloween watches, they're also on Netflix. Like, uh, yeah. And I mean, I hope, I, like I said, the second one is not as good because especially like you, you've seen the trick, you know, like, like, you know, it's going to be funny and like a little Overly like, gory and, gory yeah. and whatever else. And like, you know, that the kid is like, like, it's like, like they have a couple of like, like recurring jokes or whatever. Like, Oh, what do they call them? Uh, I can't remember. Like with the, because there's like another, so it's another group of teens summon the group of teens from the first one. That's great. <laughs> and at one point, they were just sort of like, I think, I forget, like, the main character's name is, like, Cole or whatever. They were just sort of like, like you don't understand. They're like, Cole is, like, the Michael Jordan of killing people. <laughs> like, he doesn't even mean to, but he's going to kill all of you. <laughs> like, this man is amazing at killing people who are trying to kill him. <laughs> Before the tweet storm starts, it's not um, Italian job. It was Terminator Salvation. Oh, that's Ooh. way worse. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Also, that that made you made me, the your, your jackass uh, comment made me think of this film too. Like at one point, they're like, someone's like driving off in a boat, but there's like a rope tied to a thing on like on it that's like slowly unspooling, and like what and like the heroes are driving off in a boat, and there's like a rope unspooling with the the little coil, and one of the guys just like grabs the thing, and he, and he was just sort of like, "Hey, Johnny Knoxville, hope you're watching." And they're like, oh, just like yanks. <laughs> like, Get yanked off the pier. It's <laughs> like uh, perfect. Uh, it's great good times. Like if you want a, a very like a light slasher cleanser, exactly. Like especially like we were watching after something like Piwak getting Green Room and whatever else. We're like, let's move to the horror comedy realm, and uh, and we did so. And Babysitter delivered, and then they made a second one. So we watched the second one. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I guess next episode we'll talk about uh, Lovecraft Country because I have one episode left to watch of it. Is that also an Amazon Prime? 
Well, I've got it on the hard drive. I'm just sitting, waiting for a time to watch it. Right. Yeah. That one I've got. Raised by Wolves I've got. I've got yeah. to catch up on the boys. I'm watching Raised by Wolves, too. I'm uh, into it so far. Boy, does that really, Scott, like weird androids? <laughs> okay. <laughs> just... <laughs> what have you been watching, John Uh Old stuff. So I rewatched Starship Troopers and uh, 12 Monkeys. I feel mm. like Starship Troopers is already on the list. I don't know about 12 Monkeys. Um, is Starship Troopers already on the list? I know we talk about it a lot. We sure do. I don't think. Nope, it is not. No. Well, I mean, I love everything about Starship Troopers. I love how everybody missed the goddamn point when the movie came out and it bombed horribly. Mm-hmm. And I love how over the last 20 years, people have like rewatched it, realized it's a very, very obvious fucking satire. Like, I don't know how you missed Paul Verhoeven making an overly violent satire about about the military like Christ guys. oh no <laughs> who would expected that it's an overly violent satire um i find it holds up like it's definitely over the top like you got to be okay to watch stupid bugs and people shooting them and and sexy teens <laughs> having their like innocence destroyed but um man it's as relevant now as it was then perhaps even more so you know America's been at war for the last 20 years, shipping their kids off to these crazy things. Uh, you know? <laughs> what is there to yep. say? Scott, Fleet. we used to watch this movie all the goddamn time in your house. Fleet does the flying. Mobile infantry does the dying. Yeah. And I know this movie backwards and forwards. I love it. It's so good. I haven't watched it in a while. I rewatched it with Sarah... Back at the old place, which had to be at least four or five years ago. Yeah, like, it's. I've, I haven't seen it in years and years, but I saw it so many times. Neil Patrick Harris gets that amazing character, considering it was like one of the only things he'd done post Doogie Howser. Yep. What I, what I really love is that they don't let slip this. They don't like the aliens are never really given a moment of sympathy. Although kind of the point is that that's the people never see them as being worthy of sympathy, despite the fact they're the ones invading them and they capture the bug and they're like, oh, no, they're trying to understand how we think, you know, kill them more Uh (laughs) when they're they're literally, you know, that was the moment you could have had some contact with them. And maybe there was there was a peaceful resolution to this whole thing. It's like relentless in its embrace of violence as the solution. The other yeah. thing that I always remember about Starship Troopers, and especially if you watch a lot of bad sci-fi, you will notice this, is that they made so many Starship Trooper uh, armors. Yeah. <laughs> they wanted, like, like every 15 years. <laughs> every every <laughs> piece of armor in every sci-fi movie is the rehash of the Starship Troopers with like little decals on them or whatever. Painted green. Yeah. The one that I remember it popping out in was a uh, Firefly, where like there yeah. was like the, the random Marines just like burst in, and you're like, ah, Sergeant Troopers. The Stargate TV show, and possibly yeah. even the Stargate movie, although that might have been contemporary to. Uh... To Starship Troopers, I, I love the like the romance between the three-way romance, right between Rico and the two girls, and then yeah, I, it's okay that I'm dying, Johnny. I got to have you. Yep. <laughs> what did any of you ever? Was it a comic or a book? It was a book by Robert Heinlein, and it was an extremely, extremely good book. Like it, it's it's very much it's very much more obvious that it is about the the like 
the loss of humanity in the face of relentless violence. What's really cool in the book is that it, they're not just like guys in stupid plastic suits. They're in these the mechs and stuff. Right? Yeah, mechs and stuff, and they jump around and they shoot like eight nukes all over the place, but they still die because the bugs are still so so smart. And I'm not so sure the satire is like kind of the point of the book. It's kind of more of a sci-fi. I know that I think that that's one of the reasons why they put them as infantry and not in the suits was that they wanted it the the cost of life to be extra like stupid. <laughs> you know, like, I think like it's also- just, I was a guy with a gun fighting these but like you know what I mean? Like they didn't want they wanted the the life to look worthless. Well, it makes the comparison between the bugs throwing an infinite number of bugs into a wall of guns nearly identical to people throwing yeah. an infinite wall of men into these angry bugs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just the way that Verhoeven does media in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's propaganda for the 21st century. Like and ahead of the internet. Time. He's got the internet. Yeah, it's way ahead of its time. He's yeah. got the reality TV guys who are like attached at the hip with these soldiers moving in, and like it's great. Like the army reporter who ends up getting murdered on the first landing. There's a moment or two where they <laughs> cut to a talk show where there's like the bleeding heart liberal who's like, "Well, you know, maybe we could talk to them. Maybe they have intelligence." And they and the like the counterpoint person who's who's sitting opposite her yelling at her is just like, "Well, a bug who can think uh, that just disgusts me. I won't even consider it." You know, and like it's it's so so stupid. But that's what the propaganda is, you know. But Alex Jones has his own TV show nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Right, like Rush Limbaugh is is still on the radio doing that exactly thing, exact mm. thing. Consider it. it; it goes against my morals. Right. What? <laughs> they they have a really good the sequence at the start. Against my convictions. What? <laughs> the what? So wearing a mask goes against my convictions. Right, right. My personal values. The um, there's a good part at the beginning where they're in school, you know, and they have they have the like o- the obvious framing, you know, that sets up what the movie is about. Where the teacher is like, "Okay, kids, what is the one thing that has solved more conflicts in history than anything else? Uh, naked violence." <laughs> you know? That's great. Yeah. Uh, Michael Ironside could have been in all the things. Yep. Yep, he's he's a delight. There's like a lot of good supporting cast in there that are that are charming to watch. Yep. Yep. I don't know what else there is to say. This is a this is one of the great the great missed and classics, you know. I hung out with that dude at a Fantasia once. Michael Ironside? Casper Van Dien, Johnny Rico. Oh, right. How was he? Super cool. He was like like very very chill. Like he actually like gave the time of day to like Walter and I just like chatting him up and he was cool. just like just talking and friendly and didn't seem to have like really no ego about him like because he did one of those q a's and then because walter was there for press we like hung out afterwards and like, mm. took a photo with him and like actually chatted him up and yeah just seemed like a real down-to-earth dude and i was like it's the best johnny rico i don't know that he ever <laughs> made it enough to be like a total over the top, you know hollywood star yeah exactly. I, never, I don't think he ever got that famous that, yeah like it would kind of blow like that he'd be like better than you or whatever uh, you want to rank Starship Troopers, guys? I feel that yeah, I should. Yeah. Do. We've, all, we've all seen it, and uh, and you guys have definitely seen it enough to properly weigh it. Yeah, I I don't know if it goes in quite into the like eternal classic zone. It is still really violent and a lot of shooting, but it's pretty close. Like I'm I'm in the top. Check the Thirteenth Warrior. I, we may have overcredited that one just a touch, but it's I in the same that. zone. 
It's, um, in the, it's very much in the same zone. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine putting it above the 13th Warrior and under Big Trouble in the uh, Yeah, me too, actually. I think that that works for uh, me. Under the Transformers, above John Wick 2. Yeah. Above Logan, you betcha. Above Guardians 2. Yeah. Uh, above Heathers? Yeah. Mm, that kind of hurts. I can see Heathers it. is not that good. It's not Get out town. of town. Heathers is magnificent. <laughs> the only one that I thought... Uh, yeah, no, I think that's right. And below the mummy. <laughs> I'm all right. All right. Yeah. 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 So below big be- trouble above 13th warrior. That is. Yeah, that feels right. And then the other one that I watched, if we have time for it, do we save this for garbage time? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very topical. Oh my God. It's I- so topical and more relevant now than it was <laughs> when it came out. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe is it okay to do it on garbage time? I guess. Yeah, we can also so, save it for next week. I mean, it's a, no, we it's can a time we can tell classic. people now. We can tell people now. Yeah, we're going to talk about Twelve Monkeys during garbage time. All right. And if you want to listen to garbage time, you know, hey, it's three dollars. You get two <laughs> garbage times, two garbage times a month, and and other things. Three dollars a month, baby, to get Twelve Monkeys. A movie it's not from like you're going. It's not like you're going out to the restaurants. They're all closed. Mm-hmm. So forget your tacos. Oh, so sad. <laughs> it's the Dinies, everybody. Bye. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you could get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.